and alike to him among you is he who conceals the world and he who speaks openly and he who hides himself <coughs> by night and who goes forth by day for him are angels guarding the consequences of his deeds before him and behind him who guard him by allah's command surely allah surely allah changes not the condition of a people until they change their own condition and when allah and when allah intends evil to a people there is no averting it and besides him they have no protector these this is verse 13 uh, this is chapter 13 verses 10 and 11 next it's verse uh, it's chapter 21 verses 36 and 37 <clears throat> and when and when those who disbelieve see you they treat you not they, they they treat you not except with mockery is this he who speaks of your gods and they deny when the beneficent god is mentioned and the last one is chapter 27 verse 85 پیرس There are three, three things you have to consider. First of all, were the killings justified? And according to the Holy Quran, they were not because God says you are only allowed to kill someone if it is for murder or creating violence and rebellion on this earth. There is no other crime that according to the Holy Quran deserves the punishment of death for that crime. The secondly it is do we condemn it and apologize for that? Well we condemn it certainly because it was an inhuman act but we don't as Muslims apologize for it. I didn't do it so why should I apologize for it my jamaat which has been preaching peace for the last 100 years or so did not do it so why should I apologize for it all those muslims around the world who did not do it and who do not support such acts why should they apologize for that Americans incarcerated Japanese without trial in concentration camps during the uh, the second world war they never apologized for that Churchill handed over white tartars to Stalin for him to murder them and uh, send them off to concentration camps in Siberia 
He never apologized for that. The British never apologized for handing over those poor Tartars to uh, Stalin to torture and, and, and murder. And the list goes on. So why is it that every time something happens somewhere in the world, Muslims are supposed to apologize? It is an article of faith for the Dutch Reformed Church that the white man is superior to black man. And acting on that, they persecuted and murdered and kept the black inhabitants of South Africa down, shunting them into townships without any sanitation, without any jobs or anything else. Has the Dutch Reformed Church apologized for that? Americans practiced chemical warfare in Vietnam and Korea against international treaties and conventions. There are babies being born in South Vietnam now and North Vietnam now, or what used to be North Vietnam who are suffering from cancer, for disabilities and deformities. Has any American president ever apologized for that? Have the British government apologized for supporting the American war effort in, in, in Korea and uh, in, in Vietnam? So why is it that any time some Muslim, some lunatic with an Islamic sounding name does something somewhere in the world, we have to apologize. I do not apologize. I haven't done anything wrong. My religion hasn't done anything wrong. We condemn it, certainly. We condemn it as much as we condemn the American treatment of Red Indians in America by giving them blankets laden with smallpox to kill them off. We condemn the killing of Red Indians in South America by the Spani Spaniards and Portuguese so that they could rob their gold. We condemn the abduction of black men and women from Central Africa by the Christian slave traders and transporting them to Europe and to the United States. So when you apologize for all these things, then come to us and we'll think about apologizing for things that every lunatic somewhere that does in the name of our religion. Just like you did those things in the name of Christianity. You killed Jews in the name of Christianity. You transported black men to America and Europe in the name of Christianity. You invaded Africa in the name of Christianity. You invaded India in the name of Christianity. So when you wake up and you apologize for, for your misdeeds, to this day, no British monarch ever goes to Amritsar. Why? To this day, no British Prime Minister ever goes to Amritsar. Why? The world has forgotten Jallianwala Bagh, an enclosure where there was a peaceful protest. And this white Christian general 
marched in with his troops, lined them up and shot hundreds of unarmed, unarmed civilians. I was there and the bullets mark, bullet marks in the walls surrounding the, uh, that bow, that enclosure are still visible. When the Queen was going to go to Amritsar and they demanded an apology, what did the British government say? Well, she didn't do it. So why should she apologize? Well, I didn't do it. I didn't kill anyone in France. Why should I apologize? My religion doesn't say kill people. So why should my religion apologize? Well, you see, the third thing is it came to mind by a headline in the Times. Freedom was killed in France by these two gunmen killing the staff of this satirical magazine. Times reckons that freedom was killed. Well, let us look at the freedom that is available to Muslims. About, about which neither the Times, nor the Telegraph, nor the BBC, nor anyone else says anything. It was in February 2004 that the French Parliament banned Muslim women from wearing hijab. Today, if you are a Muslim woman and you wear a hijab, you are banned from getting a job in the French civil service. Where is the freedom for that woman? I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong or whatever it is. We're talking about that magazine's freedom to be able to publish and satirize whatever they want. They want this freedom, do they? Well, here is a suggestion. Why don't you publish a cartoon satirizing the Holocaust? Go on. You want to make people laugh? Let's make them laugh. Go on, make a cartoon. Come on Times, come on BBC, come on Independent, come on Telegraph, or even The Sun, or any of the French media. Go on. Where is your freedom at that point? Your freedom exists only to criticize and abuse, not even criticize but abuse the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Some time ago, Muslims printed some material which showed that at time of independence in 1947, Bandar Jawaharlal Nehru, the first Prime Minister of India, was having illicit sexual relations with Lady Mountbatten. And they produced evidence of that. And they said this is why the division of India was such unjust. And you know what the British papers said? They didn't mention the word freedom. They said, ah, oh, such bad taste. Psst, psst, psst. This is bad taste. You mustn't talk about uh, you mustn't talk about a dead man like this. But is the Holy Prophet still alive? You can satirize him, you can abuse him, you can say whatever you want about him, but that is freedom of expression. But tell people 
how Mountbatten's were behaving in India and how that was being used to the detriment of the Muslims of that country and that is suddenly bad taste. Well, where is your freedom gone now? And it's not just the fact that um, France has banned hijab. Do you know how much time the parliament gave to the parliamentarians who wanted to oppose the passing of this law? Go on, guess. 45 minutes, one hour, three hours, half an hour, five minutes. This is how much freedom those French parliamentarians had who wanted to oppose this discriminatory law against the Muslims passed by the freedom-loving French, whose national motto appears to be freedom, liberty and equality. Where is the equality for Muslims living in France? Some people say, well, hijab is wrong. Well, maybe it's wrong, but that's not the debate. The debate is someone's freedom to do something, as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. If a girl wants to wear a hijab, why do you want to stop her? Where is the freedom? Where is her freedom? But is it restricted to, to uh, France only? No, it's not. In Switzerland, Muslims do not have freedom to build mosques. There was a referendum and 22 provinces out of 26 in Switzerland said that Muslims should not be allowed to build any building that looks like a mosque. So they can't have minarets and so on because this suggests Islamization. Well, where is the freedom of Muslims living in Switzerland? to struggle for Islamization of Switzerland. Why are you going to deny them that? It's okay for the Communist Party to fight to implement their system of government across Europe, in England, in Switzerland, in wherever. But it's not right for Muslims to set up a party which says, well, we want to Islamize Switzerland. Why? You see, freedom is a convenient phrase that the West uses. I was in Orlando and I mentioned this before and I got into an argument with the uh, what they call Rialto, the equivalent of an estate agent and he was talking about liberty and uh, freedom and, and this and that in America and I laughed and I said you have no liberty of expression in America and he said what? I said yes you don't have any liberty so I said, prove it to me. I will pay for it. Get me airtime. Get me newspaper space to print an advertisement saying Israel is a terrorist state. And he looked at me and he said, but they're not. I said, well, that is your opinion. You said in the United States, I am free to preach my opinion, which is that Israel is a terrorist state. I may be totally wrong. Why are you barring me from putting it to other people? 
Where is this freedom that you talked about? And he looked sheepish and he said, well, if, if a newspaper or television station or radio station ever gives you a time to say this, they will lose all their other advertisers. So there are many ways in which you can exercise sponsorship. You can hit someone on the head for saying something you, the government doesn't like. You can put them in prison for saying something that you don't like. You can send them to a concentration camp in Siberia for saying something you don't like. Or you can destroy their business and their livelihood so that they lose you, their home and their food and their children are thrown out of college by removing advertising from their newspaper or television station or, railway, uh, or, the, or radio station because they have said something you don't approve of. It's still censorship. It's still a bar on people being able to express what they believe. And you would not believe how terrified Muslims in America are at this time from expressing themselves. But most of all, where is the freedom to say that Holocaust did not exist? Let's go through, let's go through the countries of the European continent. Okay? Austria, Holocaust denial, punish, punishable by imprisonment. And we know that a British historian who denies Holocaust and he says it was all made up, was actually sent to prison in Austria for saying those things outside Austria. He said those things in England, he's a British historian and his articles were printed and when he went to uh, Austria, he was arrested and charged and put in prison. Czech, Repu Czech Republic, if you deny Holocaust, or any atrocity committed by the previous communist government, you're committing a criminal offence. France, they had something called Gay-Scott Act, which was voted for on 13th of July 1990, and which made it illegal to question the existence of crimes that fall in the category of crimes against humanity as defined by the London Charter of 1945 which was the basis of the Nuremberg military trials. When the act was challenged, listen to this, when the act was challenged by something called Robert Furison, the Human Rights Committee upheld it as necessary to counter possible anti-Semitism. Nothing is mentioned about being anti-Muslim, anti-Islam, anti any brown or black person or their religion, anti-Semitism. No one said anything about freedom of information there, well apart from this guy who said that uh, it was against freedom of expression. Germany. They have an act which is called incitement of the people and it's a part of the German criminal code that bans incitement of hatred against a segment of the population 
and it applies to trials relating to the denial of Holocaust in Germany. Hungary, Parliament of Hungary declared denial of Holocaust a criminal offence punishable by up to three years imprisonment and this was done on 23rd of February 2010. We are not talking about 1945, we are not talking about 1946, we are not talking about 1955. All this is done in this century. Liechtenstein, well, this century or the closing years of the last century. Liechtenstein, item 5 of section 283 of Liechtenstein's criminal code prohibits the denial of genocide. Three claps for freedom. Lithuania, Lithuania prohibits approval of and denial of Nazi crimes. Luxembourg. Article 457.3 of the Criminal Code passed on 19th of July 1997, outlaws Holocaust denial. Netherlands, although the Holocaust itself is not necessarily mentioned, but uh, there is a law that says, and the Public Prosecutor's Office says that offensive remarks which are likely to equate to discrimination against a particular group and that is the law that is invoked against anyone who denies Holocaust. Poland, in addition to Holocaust denial, denial of communist crimes is punishable uh, by law. Portugal, denial of Holocaust is not express, uh, expressly illegal, but <clears throat> the law prohibits denial of war crimes if used to incite discrimination. Romania, Emergency Ordinance Number 231 of March the 13, 2002, prohibits Holocaust denial on pain of imprisonment. European Union, and this is interesting, the European Union's Executive Commission proposed a EU-wide anti-racism xenophobia law in 2001 which included the criminalization of Holocaust denial. On 15th of July 1996, Council of European Union adopted the Joint Action 96-443-JHA concerning action to combat racism and xenophobia. During the German presidency, there was an, a, there was an attempt to extend this ban. Full implementation was blocked only by UK and the Nordic countries because of the need to balance the restriction on voicing racist opinions against freedom of expression. You see, when it suits them, there has to be freedom of expression. What about the man who poked fun at the Queen and the son tried to have him arrested and tried for making fun of the Queen? Well, why don't I, I have uh, the, the, the freedom to poke fun at the, the Queen? or make caricatures and cartoons of her and the Duke of Edinburgh in the nude. Well, I just think it's funny. An old lady in the 80s prancing about in the nude, I think, ha, 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 this is great fun. Why this is in bad taste? Maybe in bad taste for you because she is your queen. But the interesting thing is, actually, Let's deal with it another way. 
Saudi Arabia has just Saudi Arabia has just charged, uh, uh, charged and convicted someone of blasphemy. Every Friday for the next six Fridays, that person is going to be lashed in public. Well, Mr. British Prime Minister, Mr. French President, Mr. German, Miss German, Mrs. German Chancellor, why don't you fight for the freedom of expression of that man in Saudi Arabia? Why don't you say all our trade deals, all our contracts, everything is cancelled with Saudi Arabia? Why don't you say we are going to put all the Saudi money in London? in reserve and they will not be allowed to touch it. Why don't you say Saudi citizens will no longer be allowed to buy expensive mansions in the country or expensive flats in Mayfair? Why don't you stop selling them tanks and combat aircraft and machine guns and arms and ammunition? For God's sake! British Parliament even wants to put a statue of Gandhi, who was a known paedophile, in the Houses of Parliament. And for what? And for what? Because India is a big country, it's prospering, and they want to do trade with it. This is your standard, and you want to judge us by the same standard. But let us see what this newspaper itself did. This great bastion of freedom of expression and caricature, what did that do when confronted by the same thing? They had a cartoonist, or a journalist, who provided the newspaper with the material. Who was not doing very well economically, managed to get engaged to a Jewish heiress. Her father owned a huge electronics retail business in France. So President Sarkozy's son got engaged to, to her and there were rumours that uh, um, he is going to convert to Judaism. And this man, he didn't write anything offensive. All he said was, having commented on this story, he ended up by saying about Mr. Sarkozy, he'll go a long way in life, this little lad. Is there any term of abuse in there? Is there any rude word in that statement? No. Well, what happened? That great martyr, defender of the faith, the editor of this magazine, whose name I forget, what was it? Something Charles. He called this person in and he said, apologize. And he said, what for? This is what I think. I have a right to a freedom of expression, I'm going to express my views. And he said, no, this girl's father is a very influential Jew 
in France and he can impact this magazine's economic interest, so you have to apologize. And the man said no. I won't use his exact words in which he said no. Well, not in the mosque. If you want the exact quotation, see me afterwards outside and I'll tell you what he said. And this great defender of freedom of expression, this martyr, this person who laid down his life, who said, I'd rather die than take anything back about the caricatures of the Holy Prophet Muhammad that I printed. What did he do? Did he give him a gold medal? Did he give him, give him 500 euro deposit at Christmas? No, he sacked him. He sacked him. And what was the man's offence? After writing the story and possible conversion of Mr. Sarkozy to, to Judaism, the man ended up by saying, he will go a long way in life, this little lad. Just that, just poking of that little fun on a Christian. I mean, I, I, I saw people in France, oh, they made us smile, oh, they made us laugh. Well, this made me smile, this made me laugh. And yet, none of the newspapers, none of the news bulletins, no one mentions this. It is this hypocrisy, hypocrisy of the West that, that is doing it disservice. And who's responsible? It's the politicians who are responsible. And why they're responsible? Because the very people who perpetrate these acts, because they are much greater in number, to curry favor with them, to get votes from them, these politicians go to their mosques and madrasas, they support them, and they fight for grants, and funds and financial support for them. Our ideas of democracy, liberty, equality, freedom of expression do not seem to occur to them when they're currying favor with these people to get votes. Someone has said to me, will you apologize for what happened in France? No, I will not apologize. I didn't do it, my Jamaat didn't do it, and despite the fact that we were rejected because we are few in numbers, we have kept on fighting for years and years and years for a harmonious, peace-loving, peaceful, inclusive society in this country. We are the ones who opposed schools based on religion and the parliament allowed them. So it's the British parliament and the British prime minister who should apologize for these things and not members of this Jamaat. But as God says in the Holy Quran, in the verse that I read out, that God will not change the condition of a people until they themselves decide to change their condition. And Muslims will keep on finding themselves 
the butt of these jokes and the butt of this negative propaganda unless they grasp the nettle and declare that Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad was correct in his teachings and the view of Islam that he presented a hundred years ago is the only view that will be successful and acceptable in this day and age.